Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. If you're able to stand with me, I, uh, I want to begin a new um, message series this week. I want to say thank you to the band, <clears throat> worship team, leading with anointing. I, I saw the uh, prayer team in the altar this morning, um, a few minutes before service, <clears throat> just setting an atmosphere. How many know that the Lord is uh, attracted to our praise? I remember Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, the Father is now seeking. Think about that. He's seeking those that would worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I want to seek him, but when we do with worship, he'll seek you. And uh, I, I feel that in the house today, and uh, I want to say thank you to the worship team for setting an atmosphere. I want to tell you, uh, before I dive into the text, and I'm going to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, <clears throat> but uh, before I do, I want to uh, tell the church about First Wednesday. This is our First Wednesday week. If you don't know what First Wednesday is, it's an awesome, amazing uh, service that we get to have uh, this Wednesday. We do it the first Wednesday of every month. And so that falls on this Wednesday, and um, we have a great worship set. Uh, it's powerful worship. Um, I give a, a, just kind of a, a quick word, um, but it's really a, a powerful, powerful time, and I'd love for you to be here. I know that it presents some challenges maybe with work and traffic and all those kind of things, but what I love about it is <clears throat> uh, since our church really outgrew the one service, and of course, you know, we do two services on Sunday at 9 and 11. This is an opportunity um, for us to, to kind of get um, a mix of, of people that come to first service, people that come to second service, and, um, and we have a full house. So I'd love for you to come Wednesday. Hopefully it's not going to rain. Uh, God bless you for being here. I know when it woke up, it was nasty out. I see the sunshine now, though. Uh, and so, so come Wednesday night. It'll be an awesome time. We always have some kind of food or something in the lobby after after church, so it's a good time to just have some fellowship, and uh, so I encourage you, come, and G- like Jesus said, come as you are. I have people tell me, oh, I'm wearing boots, and you know, I work construction, and this or that, or my job, I don't want to come in my uniform, come as you are, okay, come as you are, you know, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're a, a plumber, or a postman, or whatever else, just come as you are. Uh, on Wednesday night. Come straight from work if you have to. When I was a kid, my parents would throw chicken nuggets in the back seat, and we would go to Wednesday night church. So, you know, stop at Chick-fil-A, whatever you got to do, and uh, and bring them. So, um, other thing I want to tell you is um, we're coming into a blessed uh, season here. We are going to have, um, we, we are going to have a baptism Sunday, um, May 21st, and I have high faith for this baptism Sunday. There's a lot of people in our church that maybe have not taken that step of faith, and if that's you, I want to encourage you uh, to take that step of faith, 
and be baptized in the example of, of Jesus, our Lord, uh, but then also in the early church, um, and be baptized in the name of the Lord. It is for the remission of our sin. And we go down, the old me goes down. The imagery is the old me is buried and I come alive, a new creature in Jesus. I am, I am recognizing, I am, uh, I am putting myself in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, I, I want that for you. Um, and uh, so we're going to have, I am going to, uh, if you're interested in this, I want to encourage you. I am actually going to do kind of a, um, a Friday night uh, Bible study on it, a class, just kind of a small group style. I'm going to do it in the, in the Life Center the Friday night before Baptism Sunday, so that would be May 19th. I don't know if we've got a sign up for that or something, but if you'll see one of the Dream Team members, they'll make sure they'll get it to our leadership team. We might already have a sign up for that, I'm not sure, um, but I'd love for you to do that. We're going to have a great day that day. We're going to have a, uh, a pool outside. It's just going to be a day that we're going to celebrate uh, what God has done in our church. And there's so many uh, people that God has brought to us. And um, so I want, I want to see that. So it's going to be a great day. We're also going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. We always make a big deal about that. It's the birthday of the church. And so that's going to be on Memorial Day weekend. If somebody invites you to a Memorial Day weekend barbecue, or race party or anything like that, tell them I'll be there after church and I'm bringing food, but I'll be there after church. Uh, and uh, Mother's Day is coming up too. We're going to have a five for five. Our ladies, we're going to have ladies do a five for five. It's going to be a blast. So let me get to the word though. I told you I would. Acts 2, I want to open a message series uh, about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about water baptism through this um, month as well. But it's a well-known portion of scripture to, to some. Um, this is really, like I said, the birthday of the church. It said when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, meaning they were all in unity, uh, just like a band is playing the same note, the same chord. And they were also in one place. They were in the same house. They were in the same location. How many know there's a unity when we're in the same place? It said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled, notice it said everybody, all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began, notice it now, to speak. They began to speak. Everybody say they spoke. So they're speaking in this heavenly language. The Bible describes it as a language of angels, a heavenly language as the Spirit gave them the ability or they were able to utter it. The Spirit gave them the ability to do this. What I want you to notice today is there is a language of the Holy Spirit. If, if I was to approach you today and you didn't speak English but you spoke Spanish, uh, I, I, if I'm only speaking English to you, we're going to have a hard time talking. I want to tell you today that prayer is the language of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, get into a prayer meeting. And it's in this prayer meeting that the Holy Spirit is going to fall. I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer today. Would you greet somebody around you? Tell them, I'm blessed to sit by you. Tell them, you're blessed to sit by me. Thank you, Philip. I love these uh, these new keyboards we've got. I just wish you all would play it while I preach. Because the, the problem would be I might preach like two hours because it's just very... Sets a great tone back there. 
I, I remember when I was young, I preached in Mississippi, and they had an organ behind me the whole time. I think that was like my best sermon of all time. It was great. Um, anyways, <laughs> that was not in my notes, Marcelo. I'm sorry. Uh, it said that, how did, you, did you notice it said they were all filled? And, and did you notice that they said they all began to speak? There's a power with your tongue. I want to remind somebody that Jesus told them that your mountain knows your voice. There's something about believing it and faith rising in your spirit enough that I'm not just holding it between my ears, but I'm speaking it out my mouth. And that is what prayer ultimately is, is it's a desire in my heart, it's a desire in my spirit that I have enough faith to speak it out of my mouth and say, Lord, I need a little help. Lord, I need your power. Lord, I need your blessing. And it's no longer just between my ears, but now I'm speaking it out of my mouth. How many know there's a power in your voice? Let me try that one more time. How many know there's a power? James said there's the power of life and death in your mouth, in your tongue. And so I want to remind the church today, and maybe you have never seen it, but I want to tell you today that prayer is the language of the Holy Spirit. It was on that birthday of the church, they were in a prayer meeting. And I believe on that day, the church began to understand how vital prayer would be. And I want our church to understand how vital prayer is in the life of the church Remember, Acts chapter 1 opens up and it says for 40 days that after the resurrection, Jesus proved himself alive. It said with many infallible proofs, meaning there was no fault, there was no falsehood in these proofs, that he was seen alive after his suffering for 40 days, walking and talking among them. Are you still with me? And then, very possibly only moments before Jesus ascends into heaven, the disciples are gathered. And verse 9 says, after he spoke these things, he was taken up into a cloud and and heaven received him out of their sight. And so what were those things that Jesus told them before he ascended? Well, if you have your Bible open, it's in verse number 4 that Jesus is saying, wait for the promise of the Father. And Jesus said this multiple times. He said, look, I've got to go away, but, but don't be troubled because I will be with you always. And, and it will actually be better for you because the Holy Spirit will be sent in my name. It's the promise of your Father in heaven. He said, John baptized with water, but he said, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. John said, I'm baptizing in water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so Jesus gave him these instructions. He said, go to that upper room. It's a prayer room. And in that prayer meeting, the promise will fall. And that is the baptism. That is the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so about a week later, if we're doing the math correctly, the day of Pentecost arrived and the promise came, the anointing, the power, and the joy came from heaven. But notice, it was a seven-day prayer meeting that led up to it. And I believe that that crystallized for the disciples that really the foundation of everything the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in our church and in this hour, in this day, and in this city 
is accessed by prayer. They realize Jesus has ascended. Remember, they're still sitting there watching, and the angels say, guys, get to work. Jesus is ascended. He'll return the same way he left, but he told you to go to that prayer meeting. And so they're realizing we're no longer going to walk and talk with Jesus in person, but now our access is through the Holy Spirit. We can be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. We can be filled with the Spirit of Christ. And Jesus said, it's better for you that you res- than me walking in the flesh with you is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I got to tell the church today, your access to the Holy Spirit is the language of prayer. In the book of Acts, really, if you look at it, it's a prayer book. It's really a prayer manual. There's a lot of things to take away from the book of Acts, but I've said this before, I almost would challenge you, and I know every Bible is blocked a little different, like this right here, Acts chapter 2 is at the top of the page, maybe yours is somewhat different, but no matter how your Bible is printed, I would challenge you to find a page in the book of Acts that they're not praying, they're not talking about prayer, they're not on the way to a prayer meeting. They're not like, okay, that's bad, but we can pray. And in and, and the book of Acts, there's preaching, there's teaching, there's evangelism, there's fellowship, there's giving, there's gathering, there's miracles, there's healing, there's all kind of stuff. But I'll tell you that prayer is the foundation and the background of everything that happens in the book of Acts. I would challenge you, look through the book of Acts, find one page that they're not talking about prayer or they're not praying. And so it wasn't, it, it, they, you definitely see they were devoted to God. You certainly see they were devoted to one another. You certainly see they were devoted to the house of God, but they were devoted to prayer. They knew how to pray. They knew how to touch heaven. They knew how to access the Holy Spirit. And I want everybody in this house to know how to call down power from heaven. Say, I can call on heaven. I can call on the Holy Spirit. I can access the power of God when I call on His name. I tell you, without, without prayer, we have no power. Without prayer, we don't have the book of Acts. It's the actions of the church. It's the actions of the apostles. And I would tell you, without the prayer, we have no actions of the apostles Because it's through prayer that we activate, you still with me, the Holy Spirit. So without prayer, there's no activation of the Holy Spirit. If there's no activation of the Holy Spirit, we don't have the book of Acts. And so the acts of God, the hand of God, the will of God, the miracle, the blessing, the healing, the salvation, the favor, the deliverance, it's all accessed and enacted By prayer. I want to tell you, every great act of your life is connected to your prayer life. No prayer, no activation. No prayer, no action. No prayer, no power. Prayer is the gateway to the activation of the Holy Spirit. It said when that new day came, they realized that there would be new challenges, but if every challenge, they met it with prayer. Acts chapter 1, I'll just go through it real quick. They prayed before they chose leaders. Acts chapter 2, they were going to a prayer meeting to receive the promise 
of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were walking into the temple for the hour of prayer before that lame man began, received his miracle. Acts chapter 4, I'm just going through the chapters, y'all. They were persecuted. They didn't pray for protection. They didn't pray to never have a prison sentence ever again. They prayed for boldness. Acts chapter 6, it said they gave themselves to constant prayer. Still in Acts chapter 6, they prayed for more ministry in the church. Acts chapter 8, they prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to fall in Samaria on the Samaritans. Acts chapter 9, they prayed for signs and wonders. Acts chapter 10, Peter prayed for direction. And he was led to Cornelius and all of his house was saved. Uh, Acts chapter 12, the church prayed for Peter to be released from prison. Acts chapter 13, they prayed before they sent out missionaries. Are you still with me? I'm just going through the chapters here. Acts chapter 14, they prayed for new believers to mature in their faith. Acts chapter 16, they prayed in prison and they worshiped and they were broken free of their chains. Acts chapter 20, they gathered before, they prayed before they worshiped. Acts 21, they prayed for Paul before his mission trip. Acts 22, they prayed for the church body for all of their needs. In Acts 28, they prayed for miracles, signs, and wonders. I want to tell you that we activate the Holy Spirit when we pray. I believe in prayer because I believe in God. I believe in prayer because I believe He is near when we call on His name. I believe in prayer because it accesses a supernatural power that is above and beyond what I can do. How many say amen to that? So the first thing I want to show you today is that the Holy Spirit gives you a word when you pray. How many know sometimes you just need a word? How many is with me today? Let me try this side of the church. How many know sometimes you just need a word? Just one word. I'm in a valley, but if I just got one word, I can get through this valley. I'm in a storm, but if I just have a word that says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But joy comes in the morning. I can make it through that night. And, and, and here's what happened in Acts chapter 4. It says, and when they had prayed, 4 and 31, and when they had prayed, uh, Acts 4 and 31. Do you have that there, Carlin? Acts 4 and 31. It says, when they had prayed, I'll wait for it, Acts 4 and 31. And when they had prayed, <clears throat> the place where they were assembled together was shaken. How many have paper Bible today? Acts 4, 31, there we are. After this, after this prayer, the meeting place was shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to preach the word of God with boldness. So they were in prison. They were beaten within an inch of their life. They were no doubt afraid. But after they prayed, now they began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the, the, the rulers, the people that arrested them, they said, We are warning you not to preach the name of Jesus any longer. But they get, they get in that prayer meeting and they get boldness and all of a sudden they say, we would rather be on the right side of God and the wrong side of the government than be on the right side of the government and the wrong side of God. They said, we would rather obey God than men. 
What gave them that boldness? It was the Holy Ghost that gave them boldness to say, you told me not to preach Jesus anymore, but I know that I've got a mandate from heaven and a boldness by the Holy Spirit to preach Jesus no matter what happens, no matter what the consequence, no matter who likes it or who don't like it. I have a calling from God, and I want to be on the right side of God. So I just got beat within an inch of my life and warned not to preach anymore, but now I'm preaching with boldness. Why? Prayer. The Holy Spirit. They were men just like us. I'm sure they wanted people to like them. I'm sure they wanted they didn't want to get whooped and thrown into prison. But it was the boldness of the Holy Spirit that changed them. Next time Peter was in prison, it was in Acts chapter 12. That was what was on the screen a minute ago. It said, but while Peter was in prison... The church prayed very earnestly for him. So, yeah, he's in prison. But while he's there, the church is praying for him. And so get that in your spirit today. Things might happen. You might get knocked down. You might get get thrown out. I don't know what. But you can still pray. And when you pray, the Holy Spirit gives you a word. I might be in prison, but I've got a word that I'm going to be set free. I might be down and out, but I've got a word that God is still on the throne. I might have got a word from somebody, uh, some ruler. Some I might have got a word from man, but I've got a word from heaven. And the word of heaven is forever settled. And so I don't care what man said. I care what God said. How do you get a word from God? Get a word from God in your prayer closet. When you pray, you'll get a word from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I love this here, and, and I remember I've preached uh, about Peter being in prison and being set free. But I love this right here because there's a conjunction. I talked about this is the language of the Holy Spirit. It says, yeah, things are bad. He's in prison, but the church prayed. I have these calls every single week. I have these text messages every single week. Pastor, I just got bad news from the doctor. I'm sorry, but we can pray. Hey, I, I, I just got this thing in, in my family. I'm sorry, but we can pray. Hey, I, I'll get text messages every day, phone calls every day. Hey, this isn't looking good on my job. I'm sorry, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. This, this is going on and I'm worried. I'm sorry, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm sorry, but the church is going to pray. I'm sorry to hear that, but we're going to pray with you. And I don't want to take you to English class today, and I'm not going to diagram any sentences, but I want you to see this conjunction. A conjunction is introduced, uh, it's, it's used to introduce a phase or clause that is contrasting and contradicting what's already been mentioned. How many know that the Word of God contradicts and contracts, contradicts and contrasts what man says a lot of times. You with me? This is what earth said. This is what heaven said. This is what man said. This is what God said. This is what you say. This is what the Holy Ghost said. This is what you said. This is what God said. In prayer, you'll get a new phrase and a new clause. Somebody needs to get a prayer phrase, a praise phrase in your spirit. That's what David meant when he said, sometimes you've got to get a new song. You've got to get a new song in your spirit. Somebody's been listening to the earth too long. You need to listen to heaven. 
listening to man so long. You need to listen to God. Listening to the news so long. You need to listen to the Holy Ghost. The enemy might have spoken this, but God said that. Life might have said that. Bad news everywhere, here, there, and everywhere. It's always been that way. Your family's always been that way. You've always been that way. You always mess things up. You're sick. You're down and out. You're in chains. But through prayer, you can get a contrasting conjunction, a new phrase, a new clause, a new statement, a new song. Somebody ought to help me. A fresh anointing, a fresh word. I don't care what man said. Somebody ought to help me. Somebody help me in the back. It's a new word. It's a fresh anointing. It is contrasting and contradicting what anybody else said. It's a word from heaven. And when you pray, you'll get a word from the Holy Ghost. In other words, everything the enemy has said over your life, everything other people have said over you, even maybe what you said over yourself, when you pray about it, the Holy Ghost will give you a word. How many of you have ever just got a song in prayer? All right, so I'm, I'm connecting with you all now. It's a new song. You come out of prayer, I ain't heard that song in a while. It's a new song in my spirit. I've got a new song to sing. I've got a fresh word from heaven. I've got a fresh anointing. I'm telling you, when you hear this world so long, it'll mess you up and beat you down. It's time to get a word from heaven. It's time to get a word from the Holy Ghost. It's time to get a word from a prayer meeting and say, I don't care what you said. I care what God said. I care what this word said. I know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. That's the word that I'm standing on. Somebody needs to get a but God. You are setting up a contrasting narrative to what has been happening around you. Jesus said in Luke 22, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, to separate you from the body, to separate you from the disciples. He's trying to do that. But, but I have prayed for you. Prayer sets up a new sentence. Prayer sets up a new word. Satan's trying to do this, but I've prayed for you, Simon, and your faith is not going to fail. And if you turn your back, you're going to strength, you're going to be strengthened again. How many know that's what happened? Peter fell away for a few days. He came back stronger than ever. Satan tried to separate him, but Jesus prayed for him. There was a new word, a new anointing, a new fire on Peter because Jesus prayed for him. I want to tell you, there's a power in prayer. The enemy's trying to do this, but I'm praying. The enemy's trying to do that, but I'm praying. Peter, the enemy has a plan for you, but I prayed against it. Prayer sets up a new word in your life. John 10 and 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Notice the semicolon there. I wish there was a but or an and, but there's not. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Semicolon. I have come that they may have life. I know the thief is doing his thing. 
I know he's trying to do his thing, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. But we can pray. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord sets up a banner, sets up a blockade. I love what David said. He said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. The enemy's doing his thing. But I have come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you're trying to defy. So I know what I feel, but I've got a word from heaven. I know what fear is telling me, but I've got a word from my prayer closet. I know what my mind and logic is telling me, but I have a word from this book. I know what I see, but God showed me a vision. Yeah, it's bad, but the church is praying. Yeah, I read the doctor's report, but prayer changes things. Yeah, that's not good news, but prayer changes things. Yes, I know what my kids have done, but I'm still praying for them. Yeah, I know the enemy has a plan, but I'm praying against it. Yes, I know what's going on in my family, but I'm praying. I have a word from heaven. I've got a word from the Holy Spirit. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen, amen, amen. The second thing I want to say is that the Holy Spirit partners with us when we pray. How many, how many want the Holy Spirit to step in on my behalf? Uh, Ephesians 6 and 18, it, it said this. It said, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. On all occasions, when you don't know what to pray, just pray in the Holy Ghost. On all occasions. With all kinds of prayers, blessing prayers, faith prayers, protection prayers, salvation prayers, all kinds, a fever prayer, a resurrection prayer, everything in between prayers. It says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. When I'm facing difficulties or a situation, I want people who I know can touch God and pray with me. I don't want to call people to pray that aren't convinced that prayer matters. I don't want somebody praying that isn't convinced that God can heal. I don't want somebody to get all intellectual on me. I just want somebody to pray on all occasions, all kinds of prayers. You don't know what to say, just pray in the Holy Ghost. I want somebody that gets down on their knees and prays. I want somebody that will just pace the altar and pray. I don't want somebody to say, I'm sending thoughts your way. No, don't do that. Send prayer to God. Don't send me thoughts. Pray. Don't send me thoughts. Send prayers to heaven. I don't know what your thoughts are going to do for me, but I know what heaven can do for me. I know what prayer can do. I know what anointing can do. I know what the Holy Ghost can do. And so I want somebody to pray that is convinced that prayer and healing work. I have something that might ruffle your feathers just a little bit. None of us know how to pray as we should. I don't care if you're a 50-year Christian veteran. Romans 8.26 tells us that, so don't get mad at me. <laughs> It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. 
Have you ever got into praying? I don't know what to pray for. I don't know how to pray for this situation. But the Spirit Himself steps in, partners with you, moves you aside, (laughs) intercedes for us through wordless groanings. That's the prayer language of the Holy Spirit. That's that angelic, heavenly language. I don't know what I'm praying, but the Holy Spirit is praying through me. The downside is you don't know how to pray as you should. But the upside is the Holy Spirit does. And he's making intercession for you, moving you aside. That's why you ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why you ought to pray in the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I pray in the Holy Ghost more than you all. He said, I pray it every day. Why? Because the Holy Spirit prays for what you don't know what to pray for. Protects your blind side. Praise for things you don't even know is coming at you. Praise for things you don't know even know is happening. The Holy Spirit is stepping in and praying on your behalf. I'll tell you again, there's a lot of times people call or text me and they'll say, Pastor, I got to talk with you. I, I need to see you, whatever it is. And they'll unpack some, some dilemma. And, 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 I, and at the end of it, I'll say, I, I don't know. Sometimes they want me to just have an answer, right? A, B, C, one, two, three, we're good. Let's find a verse for that. Okay, da, 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 da. How many know sometimes there's not a verse for the thing you're going through? It's like in the natural, I don't see it, but we can pray. And sometimes people will unpack something and I say, we're going to pray for wisdom. We're going to pray for clarity. We're going to pray for light. We're going to pray for direction. But we're also going to pray in the Holy Spirit because I don't even really know what to pray right now. But if we'll pray in the Holy Spirit, He will intercede on our behalf. How many say amen to that? Uh, When when I was in college, I I would help out um, in the kids' church from time to time. And um, I remember the the kids were so funny, they they would have prayer requests. And, you know, sometimes kids, they don't know how to pray. You with me? Uh, But we don't really know how to pray either, but... Uh, kids especially, sometimes they don't know how to pray. They would, I remember I would be leading the service and they would raise their hand and they would say, oh, I want to pray for this. And I'm thinking, you don't want to pray for that. And I think sometimes our heavenly father, we're praying for things and he's like, you don't want to pray for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and, and I remember I would hear prayer requests with the kids and it would be like, my, my pet goldfish is sick. Praying for God to heal him. And I'm thinking... Does God really care about your goldfish? Okay, let's pray for Goldie in Jesus' name. He's swimming a little sideways. Let him be healed, be healed in Jesus. Somebody would raise their hand and say, My grandma's dog is old. And I would think, is that a prayer request or a statement? Or just telling us the age of the grandma's dog? Um, I, I remember a kid raised his hand one time, said, I'm really happy about my baby brother, but I still want a puppy. I thought, I don't know if your parents want a puppy in, in the mix, too. Uh, I, I, uh, I remember that somebody would, a uh, kid said one time, you know, help me love my, my, uh, my, my, my baby sister. I thought, that's a good one. Um, somebody else said, you know, I'm praying that my older brother would move out of the house. I would think, I don't know if you're supposed to pray for that, but okay. They would pray for things like, uh, they would pray for God. Uh, they would pray things like this, that, that Jesus would have a happy birthday, that was always funny. Uh, I remember kids would pray that they could get out of school, and I would think you might not really want to pray for that. 
But it's funny because kids don't always know how they're supposed to pray. But the real truth is the Bible says even you and I, in our humanity, in our weakness, we don't know how to pray. Why? Because I don't know the end from the beginning. I'm right here. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the whole situation. He knows what's coming from the back side, the left side, the right side, the front side. He knows what's around the corner. And always remember, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so even when I don't know exactly how to pray, the key is to just pray and to pray in the Holy Spirit. Because the downside is, I don't always know what to pray for. But the upside is that the Holy Spirit will pray on my behalf when I don't know how to pray. So a child doesn't know how to pray, but even you and I sometimes don't know how to pray. That's why we ought to just pray every day in the Holy Spirit, get in a prayer closet and just say, Lord, I don't know what I need, but you know what I need. Not my will, but your will be done. And just pray in the Holy Spirit. Somebody ought to say amen. You know, I, I thought about how Jesus said in John 14, 26, he said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. In the Greek there, it means paraclete. The closest word we have for that in the English is a counselor, almost like a defense attorney. If you were to address an attorney um, by their, their formal uh, title, you would say counselor. You would say counselor. Um, but, but it's also translated comforter, advocate, and helper. Standing up and stepping in, praying and interceding when you don't know how to pray. I'm imagining somebody on trial and they get up to say something and their attorney's like, no, you don't want to say that. Let's say it this way. It's just like when you don't feel well and you don't know what you need, but you know you need something, you might go to the doctor and you might say, my stomach hurts. I, I thought that I needed some Pepto-Bismol. I bought it from Walgreens. I took that and it's not helping. And the doctor's taking notes and you say, I drank some Sprite and I ate some saltine crackers, but it's not really helping. And the doctor's making notes and you're saying, I ate some chicken noodle soup and I took in some bread, but it's not really helping. And the doctor's making notes, but then the doctor intercedes. And he might write some things in medical jargon and script font on, and down on his paper and it's in medical language that I might not understand. But in fact, he knows your body better than you know. And he's stepping in on your behalf. And you're not buying something over the counter like Pepto-Bismol, but you're getting some, you're accessing over a counter that you don't naturally have access to. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Breaks through the natural into the supernatural, goes into a realm that you don't have access to, and he knows exactly what you need. The Lord knows better than you know yourself. He knows your situation better than you do. And the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf. I thought about how Elijah had a great victory on Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal. It made King Ahab and Queen Jezebel furious because their prophets had just been defeated. Jezebel finds out what happens and she swears that Elijah the prophet will be dead in 24 hours. She sends out her armies to hunt him down and Elijah, of course, is afraid. He begins to run for his life. 1 Kings 19 and 4 says, While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, a willow. 
And he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Here's Elijah. Notice he's praying that he would die. How many know we don't know what to pray sometimes? He's so beat down and he's so discouraged. He's actually saying, Lord, take my life. His faith is weak. He doesn't see God's hand on his life in this moment. He doesn't see that God's calling and anointing. He doesn't see a way out. So he actually prays to die. But the very next verse says he, fell, he lays down under the, sleep, under the tree and he fell asleep. At once, the angel touches him. Now watch, the angel has a different word. The angelic language has a different word. Heaven has a different word. It says, get up and eat. He wasn't praying as he should because he didn't know how to pray, didn't know what to pray, but it's as if his prayer was interceded. It's as if his prayer was interrupted and changed because the language of the angel wasn't that your life is over. It's just that you need to rest, you need to eat, and let's get up again. So from the time this prayer left the lips of Elijah and went from that physical world into the atmosphere, somehow as the miracle of prayer is, it passes into a spiritual dimension in which the kingdom of God reigns, a dimension where God has all power and authority and ultimately reaching the throne of God, something amazing happened. God answered an incorrect prayer correctly. The angel of the Lord says, no, 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 no. I heard your prayer, but it was a little off. And we're going to answer your prayer correctly, even though it was an incorrect prayer. And the angel of the Lord brings him some food and water and encouraged him for his journey. I want to tell you today, when you're down, when you're discouraged, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Ghost is a prayer interceder, interrupter, editor, changer, might say, I'm so frustrated, I'm so impatient, I'm so discouraged, my faith is running out, I just want to give up, but if you'll just open your mouth and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Lord, I don't know what I need, but you know what I need. Lord, I need a little help down here. I'm just calling on your name. I'm just going to get into the spirit. I'm just going to get into my prayer closet. I'm just going to call on you. He will answer your prayer correctly, even if you don't know what, how to pray. Somebody ought to just get that in your spirit today. Call on his name. Music come. I've got to close. I've got to close. The last thing I want to say is that the Holy Spirit will fall on us when we pray. I, I want to just prepare your hearts today. Um, as we come into this time, I, I, uh, we've journeyed here from, uh, from the Easter season, and I love to just follow the scripture um, into the day of Pentecost, and I believe it's a great time, Easter, to revisit uh, some of the themes, the, the blood, the cross, Calvary, the cross, the empty grave, the resurrection, the core, the foundation of our faith, forgiveness covering. But as we, as we journey from there, the Lord brought them to that prayer meeting. And 
If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we all need to, you have to learn how to pray. Because the Holy Spirit is activated and will fall on us when we pray. I, uh, I didn't read in the book of Acts that um, the Holy Spirit fell while they were out doing evangelism. Although we should do that. And the book of Acts shows us. I, I didn't see that the, the Holy Spirit fell um, in any of it, 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 that first time, it was in a prayer meeting. And the language of the Holy Spirit is prayer. I prayed with many people in the altar as they were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've learned that sometimes people just need to open their mouth and just say, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I want to change. I want something new. And as they begin to do that, the Holy Spirit comes over them. Just like I said in the beginning, there's a power in just speaking it. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to learn how to pray. There was a man in this church a number of years ago that came to me. And he said, Pastor, I... I've never received, I, I, I had preached on the Holy Spirit that day, and he said to me, he said, I, I've been in this church for 20 years. I've never received the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've not, as you were preaching today, I said, he said, I've been here 20 years. He said, my wife, she's had that experience. I, I just, I never have. And I, I told him, I said, let's pray for seven days. And I said, let's pick a day to fast. And we did. He prayed that week. We, we picked a day to fast. And it was actually right here. It was on my right hand. It was and he came down after seven days of being in prayer and a day of fasting. And it was, it was just almost automatic. Came down to lift his hands. I could already sense the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit on him. And I just went over into him and I said, let's lift our hands and pray. And the Holy Spirit baptized him in that moment in such a powerful way because the language of the Holy Spirit is prayer. There was tears on his eyes. There's joy on his face. He was just praising God in a heavenly language. And it was so powerful and I was reminded that prayer is the language of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder if we'd stand all over this house today. Because I believe, I believe that with prayer and with worship, that we will attract the Holy Spirit into this house. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to just be in prayer this next few weeks. We're going to celebrate the birthday of the church and just ask God to pour out His Spirit in this place. I believe you can receive today. Jesus said in Luke 11, in verse 9, He says, Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you.
For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son would ask for a fish, would give him a snake instead? And if you then are, are evil or, or not perfect fathers, but you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven... See, a lot of times we quote those scriptures and we just talk about how our Heavenly Father wants to bless us with good gifts, which I believe. But the gift he's talking about is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many today would make their way forward all over this house and just say, Lord, I'm asking for a touch of your Holy Spirit. I'm asking to be filled one more time with your Spirit. I'm asking one more time to receive that anointing, that joy, that power, and that blessing of your Holy Spirit. I wonder if how many would just step out right now, even before I pray, even before the band strikes a note. I wonder how many would just step out. I'm asking those that would. Come on, take a step of faith today. Take a step of faith today all over this house. How many would? I'm going to wait just a moment. How many would just step out? How many would just step out? Step out, step out, step out. And just lift up their hands. We're going to worship the Lord in just a moment. But I believe the Holy Spirit is attracted and activated when we call on His name. How many just lift up your hands all over this house? Lord, we invite your presence. We invite your spirit. Would you baptize us one more time? Would you fill us one more time? Would you pour out your spirit and your anointing? Would you fill us with your presence? Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.